Hey there, Lisa Schwartz here. Welcome to my podcast, Teach and Talk with Lisa, where we are unpacking biblical principles with everyday words and applying them to our everyday lives. We've been kind of whittling our way through the book of Genesis, and we took a look at Abraham, we took a look at um, Isaac, and now we're kind of moving our way into Jacob, and we're learning a lot about not just the stories in the Old Testament, but how God is giving us lessons in everything. The, the whole premise of the class, read and execute, is how do I read the Bible and then understand what does this mean to me, why is this relevant, and then how do I execute it in my life? One of my passions is to teach people, how do I read the Bible? I ask you, if I were to say in this room, how many of you believe if you read the Bible every day, it would change your life? Every person in this room would probably raise their hand, correct? And then if I said, how many of you actually read the Bible every day? Probably about half the hands, if we're lucky, would go down, probably maybe more. And then if I were to ask, if you knew that it was going to change your life for the better, why are we reading it? Top two answers, survey says. The top two answers, you're welcome for that, Eric. The top two answers are, I don't know I, I don't know what to read, and I don't understand it when I read it. So everything that I do really tries to take you back to the Word of God and really bring it to a practical level and say, what is God saying to me, and why does this even mean anything to me in my day? What does this mean when I'm dealing with my kids? What does this mean when I'm dealing with my mother-in-law? What does this mean when I'm dealing with my spouse? What does this mean when I'm in the workplace? How is this relevant to my life? Because if we can have all the information about who God is, but I don't know how to translate it into my life, if it doesn't turn into character in my own life, then what good is it? And so everything that we're doing is trying to really understand what is God saying to me and how is he encouraging me? So as I was reading um, on the plane, I was reading, which is kind of moving on in Genesis 32, and I was coming to the part where we have Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. Jacob has the two, or Isaac has the two twins, Jacob and Esau. If you remember, Jacob was the younger child. Rebecca, his mother, is the one who gets the word that says the younger, the younger will, the younger will master over the, the older one. The older one will serve the younger one. So we get all the way through this passage, and and basically Jacob has to flee has to flee the promise. Listen to me. He has to flee the promise. He's been promised something. He's been given a blessing. He's received the blessing, even as the younger child. Even while he was in the womb, God had a plan and a purpose for him. Everybody say, God has a plan and a purpose for me. Everybody say, God has a plan and a purpose for me. Even in the womb, God had a plan and a purpose for Jacob. Okay? So here's the point. We all know that God had a plan and a purpose for Jacob. Jacob is in the middle of the promise. He's in the middle of the land that is a part of his plan and he's a part of his purpose. And he gets sent away from the promise. He gets sent away from the blessing into what we call the land of Laban. Okay, now we're going to talk about the land of Laban. The 20 years of the land of Laban where it feels like my, my promise has been forgotten. My blessing is not around me. Why am I here in the land of Laban? What is all this 20 years about? I was able to talk about this, I think, today with a couple of clients that we met with and talking about when you're waiting for the fruition of your promise, when you're waiting for the fruition of your blessing, what are we doing in the waiting? And the importance of that time frame, if you read through, you know that Jacob was a deceiver. His name actually means deceiver, supplanter. He lied. He deceived. He stole. He didn't really steal Esau's birthright. Esau gave it away. Esau said he stole it. Whatever. He did steal the blessing, right? There's a difference between the birthright and the blessing. Jacob gets them both. What's due Esau? 
Esau gets shifted to Jacob. Why? Because there was a plan and a purpose even while he was in his mother's womb. Everybody say, there's a plan and a purpose for me. There's a plan and a purpose for me. That's right. There's a plan and a purpose for me. So he is in the land of Laban waiting for the fruition of his promise. And this is an important time frame because when he's coming into the land of Laban, we know his character is lacking. And he spends 20 years of what I call character building. 20 years of working for a man who does to him what he's done to Esau, deceives him, tricks him, changes his wages multiple times. He says, I want to work for you. I'll work seven years for your daughter, Rachel, because she's beautiful. Okay, he works seven years. He's faithful. Everything he does, he does with diligence. The Bible says that. He works hard. He works with honesty. He works with integrity. And he was given the wrong daughter, right? He was given Leah. So then he says, you deceived me, but I'll work another seven years for Rachel. He works for Rachel, and then he says, give me, what I, give, give me what's due me and let me go. Laban says, no, work for me another six years. He works this other six years. The point is he spends 20 years in this land that was not part of his promise. And if we're not intentional and if we're not careful when we're in the land of Laban, come on, anybody in the land of Laban right now? If we're so focused on our self-pity and we're so focused on feeling like God has forgotten me and we're so focused on our faint-heartedness and we're so focused on our weariness and we're so focused on all the people around me who are deceiving me and dishonest and yet they're thriving, We'll miss out on what God is doing in the journey because what we don't realize is our destiny is in the journey. Our destiny is in the midst of the journey. See, God was building the character that was necessary for Jacob to step into the promise. Come on, let's say that again. God was building the character that was necessary in order for Jacob to step into his promise. And if we don't take advantage of our land of Laban, we'll miss out on the character that's necessary. See, God is more concerned about what's going on inside of you than he is what's going on around you. Around you. But I, that's not even the message, y'all, but it was good. All right, so but I want to take you to these couple of phrases. As he's going back, he's finally done all this for 20 years. He's worked for Laban. He's got his, he's got his two wives, all of his kids, all of his flocks, all of his goods. Because why? This is, this, is, this is the story where it says, And God prospered the man until he prospered and was completely prosperous. It literally says the word prosper like three times. If you read my book, Enforcing Purpose, the very first chapter is called Created to Prosper. Because you have to have an understanding that it is in our design to produce, to be fruitful, to increase. We can't be a child of God created in the image of God and shrink back. Come on. It doesn't make any sense. That would be an oxymoron. God is created to increase. He's created us in an image. That means I can't help but live my life leaning forward, pressing in and multiplying. Being prosperous in every place I set my foot. And so he goes on, and so he's getting ready to go back, finally go back and take the land that was due him. And he has to meet Esau. Now, if you remember, he wasn't very nice to Esau. It's 20 years later, and I, I don't know, but the Bible doesn't say, but I would imagine that perhaps Jacob has been dreading this moment all along. I have to, meet my, I have to face my greatest fear, Esau. My brother whom I deceived, I stole his birthright, I took his blessing, and now I've had to work, I've, I've restored my character, and I've got to go back and I've got to face him, and I've got to take what's mine. So I want, to, I want to read a couple of these phrases in here, and I'm in Genesis 32, and it says, So Jacob went on his way, and I think we missed this part, it says the angels of God met him there, because in the greatest time of need, when we're in greatest loneliness, we're about to meet, greet our greatest fear, right? We
We, it's important to know that God's angelic host is always with you, always girding you up, always guiding you, always being with you, protecting you, watching over you. So it says that, that the angels of the Lord went with him. It goes on and it says he's going to meet his brother and he and yada, yada, yada. I have oxen, I have donkeys, I have fox, I have males, I have female servants. I have sent to tell my Lord that I may fa find favor in your sight. Then the messengers returned to Jacob saying, we came to your brother Esau and he also is coming to meet you. And 400 men are with him. Guess who else has prospered? Yes, thank you. Anybody listening? Hello? Esau has also prospered. He's prospered as well. So not only does he have to find face Esau, but now he's finding out that Esau has also been prosperous. So he has to meet Esau and all his people. It goes on and it says, So Jacob was greatly afraid and distressed, and he divided the people that were with him and the flocks and the herds and the camels into two companies. And he said, if Esau comes to the one company and attacks it, and the other company which is left, the other company which is left will escape. And then he said, then Jacob said, O God of my father, Abram, Abraham, and God of my father Isaac, the Lord who said to me, I want everybody to say that phrase. Who said to me? The Lord who said to me. The Lord who said to me. Now, listen, he's not making up something to say to God. What he's doing is he's held on to the words of God this entire time. For 20 years, he remembers verbatim what God said to him. Why do you think that is? I bet you he's been repeating it in his mind. I bet you he's been praying about it. I bet you he's written it down. I bet you he's been meditating on it because he repeats back to God the words God first spoke to him. He's not making up something to ask for. He's not begging God. He's just saying, God, you said to me, the God who said to me, i got to put my glasses back on. Return to your country and to your family, and I will deal well. I am not worthy of the least of all these mercies and all the truth which you have shown your servant. Now listen, he says, for I crossed over the Jordan with my staff, and now I have become two companies. And what has happened while he's in the land of Laban? When he came in one direction, coming into the land of Laban, he's just a single guy. He's got nothing. He's always got as a promise in his hand. I've got the words of God, but I've got nothing. I'm actually being sent in the opposite direction. Come on. I'm being sent in the opposite direction of what my promise is. I'm talking to somebody in this room. Because there are places and spaces that God has promised you, and you feel like my promise is way over there, and every time I get close to it, God sends me way over there. And all I have in my hand is the word of God that I'm holding on to, which he's clearly held on to. And while he's in the land of Laban, something happens. His character gets built, but his nation is already built. Come on, now he thinks, he thinks I have to get to my promise before I can begin, it, begin building my nation. But God was building his nation all along so that when he stepped into the land, the nation was already established. I'm talking to somebody in this room. If you're not getting it, it's not you. If you're getting it, it's you. Staff in my hand, and now I have become two, two companies. 
Uzziah says, Deliver me, I pray, from the hand of my brother and the hand of, my, the hand of Esau. For I fear him, lest he come and attack me and the mother with my children. And now this phrase again in verse 12. He said, For you said, everybody say this, For you said, For you said, again, he repeats, I will surely treat you well and make your descendants as the sand of the sea, which cannot be numbered for the multitude. I want you to hear that long before he even begins to wrestle with God. Do you remember? He goes on and it says that when it came time for him to face his greatest fear, it was not Esau that he wrestled with. It was God that he wrestled with. Holding on to him and saying continuously over and over again, God, you said. The God who said to me, God, you said. God, I heard you say. God, I'm not letting you go until you bless me because you said. God, this is what you first spoke to me. I'm not thinking of something to ask from you, God. I'm only speaking back to you when you first spoke to me. Isn't that what Hagar said in the wilderness when she said, Now I see the God who first saw me. Oh, now I will call you Jehovah Roi because he is the God who sees me. But I only see him who first saw me. See, we only speak back to God when God first spoke to us because we've got to have resonating in our hearts and our mind. God, you said. God, you said. The God who said to me, God, I'm not letting you go because you said. I'm not letting you go until you bless me because you said. God, I'm reminding you of the words that you spoke to me because I've been holding them in my heart. I've been watching over the word, God. I've been praying over the word, God. I've been writing the word down. I've been putting it in my journal. I've been talking about it. I've been meditating upon it. And I can't let go of the words because your words have a hold of me. Because when I was in my mother's womb, you wove those words into my heart. And I am built around the purpose. I am built around the plan. Because God, you have said all along. And I'm not letting you go until you bless me. That's enforcing purpose in your life. It's knowing what is due you. It's having a confidence of what God has spoken to you. Knowing the stirring that's in your heart and saying, God, you said. God, you said to me. The God who said to me, I'm not letting you go. God, I'm going to hold on to you until I see my blessing come to pass. And I am here tonight to encourage some of you to dream again. To rekindle the light of the fire that is within you. Because this world wants to snuff the fire of the kingdom out. Can we get an amen on that? This world, this this time frame, this generation where we are at right now wants to snuff the kingdom out. They want to put a mask over our mouth. They want to shut the doors of the church. And they want to tell us to stop worshiping a God. But my God said that even the rocks cry out. That even the trees will clap their hands. The oceans will sing. The mountains will cry out. The stars are declaring the goodness of the Lord. You can put a mask over my mouth, but I will not shut up because my God said. And it is time for us to rise up. It's time for us to get back up and say there's a dream in my heart that God put within me. And as much as I have tried to shake it free, I cannot shake free of you. You understand there's a difference between having a dream and a dream having you. And some of us have just sat back, we've given up, we've gotten complacent, we've experienced the death of a dream. And, and it's time for us to rise up and fight and battle and say, God, you said. You said. The God who said to me. You said this is what is due me. Listen, I'm here tonight. I'm here tonight to remind you. That's why I said I really feel, because we have the whole COVID thing. I'm like, listen, you can come forward. You cannot come forward. I don't know. I don't care. God will find you where you're at. 
He will find you where you're at. There is no distance too far for the Holy Spirit. Y'all know that, right? There is no distance. But God has words and plans and encouragement in mind for each one of you in this room tonight. And that's what we want. We want you to be reminded of what God is saying to you, what God has said to you, what God is doing in your life, what's stirring in your heart. We want want you to be reminded of the fire of God. Listen, I can't breathe on you, but God can. And the breath of God wants to move through this room. He wants to move through this house. He wants to move through this place and blow over the lightly burning embers that are slowly dying out in our hearts. Because our God is still on the move. He's still the fire. He's still burning brightly. He is not shocked. He is not surprised. COVID has not taken him aback. Come on. What is this? What is this? In the face of a God of all gods. What is this? Y'all know that we are designed to adapt and always end up on top, right? That's what it means when scripture says I'm the head and not the tail. That you will stand on the earth, you will subdue it. You will have dominion. No matter what we face, no matter what we experience, God has designed us that we will adapt and we will always end up on top. It's in our design. We're the finest and the most prominent creation of God. And we are created to have dominion on the earth. So in a minute, I'm going to kind of, I I think, Jesse, are you going to come play? Here's what we're going to do. Y'all, I really do. I want to be sensitive. I want to be sensitive. I want to, well, we, we, we practice at Crazy Eat Ministries um, what we call um, f- freedom and sensitivity, okay? So we want to cultivate freedom for people who want to feel free in a moment. We also want to be sensitive to those who maybe aren't, okay? So we're talking about, like, you know, I tell people all the time, you know, hey, you might hear some people speaking in tongues. And, and you're free to speak in tongues, but you're also free not to speak in tongues, right? Um, you're free to dance in the spirit, but you're also free to not dance. You're free to lay flat on your face. You're free to stand up, put your hands up. You're free to march around the room. Um, you're free to fall asleep, you know? Some people want to just curl up in a corner and cry, you know? Because you've had that kind of a day. You're free to do all of those things, but we want to be sensitive to those who don't feel comfortable, and maybe they're not in that place. And, and that's how we're approaching COVID. You're free to come forward. Um, I will pray over you. I'm sure you guys are like, she's spinning everywhere she speaks. I have not had a fever traveled out of the country in the last 14 days, I can tell you that. Um, I will wear a mask if you want me to wear a mask. Listen, I don't, I don't want any fear or anything to get in the way of what God wants to do in your heart. If you want to raise your hand right there and you, I, I trust God. I'm, I'm putting a demand on the prophetic anointing when I'm, I'm like tugging on his hem, right? If you're like, hey, I just want a word right here and you want to stand up, I'll give you a word. I'll probably call Kyler and um, bring me up and, and, and we'll just give you a word. And we'll partner as a prophetic team and we'll give you a word. If you want to come forward and you want hands laid on you, I'll lay hands on you. Um, I, I don't care. I, I don't care. Um, because God. Because God. And, and what I do know is that God has something in mind for every single one of us tonight. And what I do know is this season has crushed some people. It has absolutely crushed some people. And has, it has crushed a lot of churches. It has crushed a lot of ministries. It has crushed a lot of dreams. We have kids that are struggling. It has crushed their social life. 
It has crushed so much. But I am believing God for a resurrection of the things that have been crushed. Because he says he'll take yesterday's rubble and he'll build something new and better out of it. That's how our God works. If you read Isaiah 61, he says he takes yesterday's rubble and he builds something new. He says, I'll give you a double portion, double for your trouble. And I'm ready for the double. I'm ready for the double. Kim, are you ready for the double? You better get ready, girl, because the double's coming your way. Kim, you want to stand up for me real quick? I hope you enjoyed this episode. You can also find me on YouTube, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, or you can check out my other podcast show, Enforcing Purpose with Lisa Schwartz. For general information or resources, head to my website at www.lisa-schwartz.com. Thanks for listening.